You're listening to the iterators of the Imperium. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Iterators of the Imperium. I am Mess, and I'm here today with Ryan as usual. And this podcast is about Ryan teaching me the in and outs of Warhammer 40k. So yeah, take it away, Ryan. Alright, so between the last couple of episodes, I asked me as what I wanted to learn about because we're so early on in this, we could really go anywhere. And Mess told me what to learn about two things. Orcs and quote-unquote the robots i have since <laughs> yeah. since figured out he meant the necron <laughs> yeah uh, i got the naming down now so yeah yeah you've sussed it now uh, i mean i'm still learning i'm still learning you so. are you're, you're getting there it just takes time there's a lot to learn early on in this stuff you know uh, yeah but this episode should help a bit with that especially with your necron knowledge okay so we are going to do necron today but luckily there's there's a little bit of extra background knowledge you need about what's going on right there's a lot of background knowledge you need about what's going on obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. but there are a few storylines that i mentioned in the first episode that are like so far in the past that they don't have a lot of reference to what's going on now but they set up a lot of stuff so it's it's something you should know about before we get to it in anything very current and luckily the necron are a big part of that Okay. So, do, do, what do you remember me telling you about the Necron? Uh, I believe they are the very first species uh, to exist, for example, right? Well, you're not far off. You're not far off. Uh, they, well, at least one of the first. I, I can't remember like the they exact are thing that the about. oldest that still exists that we know of ah. by a long margin. So that's the wording. That's it. Yes, that's the yeah. way you need to say it. They are not the first species to exist. They are one of the very first spacefaring races as well, though. But mm-hmm. we're going to get into that. So okay. where we start off today? Oh, for anyone that's curious, this this section is actually called the War in Heaven, uh, which is quite a cool name. But if you look it up, you'll find a lot of books that are totally unrelated to this because people use that title a lot. <laughs> Apparently, it's a very <laughs> it's a good title. title. It's a good title. It's a very, very good dramatic. title, too. Yeah. yeah. I like it. So this all takes place like millennia before documented history. This is like 60 million years before anything that's going on in Warhammer 40k. (laughs) So 38,000 years from where we are now is when we get to the storyline of Warhammer. (laughs) And we're talking 60 million years before where we are now. God damn! Exactly. <laughs> like this is about as far back as we can possibly go, and it's not even a yeah. very well documented era, I might add. So <laughs> this is a lot of like hearsay and conjecture for a lot of this. <laughs> so what we're starting off with, we're starting off with a race called the Necron Tier, right? Okay. And they are a flesh and blood race of aliens, bipedal Xenos, right? Mm-hmm. And technologically, massively beyond anything we can even begin to comprehend. But they only lived a really short time, right? It's like passing away in your 20s is standard kind of thing, right? That's very young. Really short lifespans, yeah. Because Uh the star that their solar system orbited was a really weird star, and it has some crazy radiation nonsense going on that just destroyed their bodies. Okay, so, that doesn't sound good. No, it was not good. So, for for the longest time, their whole race was based around the idea of advanced technology to try and find a way to beat it, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And while that was the main focus of what they were doing, the race also has this like dynasty structure. So there's families or dynasties that work out like families um, that are all like their own nobility and they all have mm-hmm. their own hierarchy. Uh, they're they're overseen by a group called the Triarch, which are like three like Necron elders, I guess, uh, that are like a, a an overall governing body beyond the dynasties. But the dynasties kept falling into war called the War of Secession because they were all just vying for power, so they just fought each other to try and be in charge. But what it did was it took away from their you know like let's keep in mind we need to survive more than twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so because they were trying to do that and then they kept breaking out in a war they weren't doing it very well <laughs> so eventually they turned to space travel to just escape their crappy star mm-hmm. a, a lot later than they really should have but eventually they turned to space travel and with their crazy technology they were able to manage it mm-hmm. um, but they didn't have warp technology so they aren't able to like fast travel across the galaxy or anything like that. No, the, these guys have like no concept of the warp as at all, like none whatsoever. They just do tech. Yeah. They don't even know there's magic. They don't have a, a thought of it in their heads. But because of that, their spaceships would be like if we built a spaceship to go across the galaxy now, it would take ages to travel. It would take centuries to get to anywhere meaningful. Uh, yeah, but they did it. They did it. The problem with being away from their star was it didn't actually help that much because the radiation sickness had been passed down through their generations for so long that genetically they were just deteriorated to barely live any lo- any length of time. So it wasn't we- being near their star that was killing them, killing them by the end of it. It was a combination of that and just their now crappy irradiated genetics. But that's, that goes go for like the new, new generation to come. Yes. Okay, so they're just inherently just effed. Yeah, yeah. So even even turning to space travel and just getting away from the crappy star yeah. didn't help that much because they just didn't live very long in general anyway because of what it had done to them. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at some point along their time among the stars, they met an alien race called the Old Ones. They, this race is only referred to as the Old Ones in all of 40k for some reason. I believe okay. the Eldar have some like weird like predecessory names for them, but and like some reference to them amongst their gods and stuff. But they mm-hmm. didn't like name their race anything in particular. I don't believe. I think they are essentially just referred refer to as the old ones. The okay. old ones are within forty k the oldest spacefaring race, because when the Necron get out into space and they eventually meet these guys, these guys are everywhere. And they live nigh on forever, and they've got, like... They have totally mastered warp technology in every possible sense of the term. And stuff Mm -hmm. like that. These guys are a whole other level, because they've been at it for so much longer than the Necron tier ever did. Yeah, but then again, the Necrons didn't even know about it. (laughs) Well, yes. Well, so, at the time, the warp wasn't as it was... like. So we've talked about the warp a little bit in the first episode and a little bit with the uh, birth of Slaanesh with the Eldar and their sex cults. Mm-hmm. So that made it all messy and everything and chaotic and dangerous to travel through. But mm-hmm. back at this point, 
the only people that did anything with it were the old ones. So it was really peaceful and calm and really safe and easy to use compared to what it is now. So okay. they, had, they had totally mastered it to the point mm-hmm. that they had built tunnels through it. These are the guys that built the webways that the Eldar use. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the level of mastery these guys had. They had sussed it out down to the fine details. And obviously that means that they can jump the length of the galaxy in two seconds and all this other stuff. So they just have a massive advantage over the over the Necrontier. But mm-hmm. the main detail the Necrontier focused on was the fact that they lived basically forever. So the Necrontier met them and were like, right, teach us the secrets to live forever. And they were like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's basically it. They just refused to teach them the secrets to long life or anything like that. Just decided they weren't helping them. And no one really knows why. Just assumed they were kind of jerks, I guess. <laughs> so that that was a big thing. They didn't, like, attack the Necrontier or anything like that. They didn't, it didn't, like, turn to conflict, uh, conflict or anything like that. But it mm. caused some hostility between them because the Necrontier were so visibly struggling with this and the old ones were so visibly prospering with this. And then they were just yeah. blatantly refusing to help for what is probably no reason. Looking back, I I assume it was probably because they were like, these guys have technology we've never even heard of. If they live forever, they'll probably decide to just wipe us off the map at some point. Yeah, they have the potential and the technology exactly. to eventually do something yes. like that. So right. we just better, you know, <laughs> better safe than sorry, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think they were basically just like, these guys could actually rival us if it weren't for their short lifespan. We're not taking that hindrance away from you. No, but no, no, no. there is no certain answer for why they refuse to help. So, uh, the the Necron were still breaking out into these wars of secession all the time, and it was becoming more and more of a problem. So eventually, there, there's a Necron tier king, a guy called uh, Sarzek, I believe it is. That pronunciation mm-hmm. might be kind of wrong, or I might be thinking wrong. Anyway, he's called the Silent King, and he went to the Triarch, this governing council, and was like, look, we need to get everyone on the same page here because we're not doing anyone any good by fighting amongst ourselves. So I've got an idea. And what he did was he basically went to the entire Necron race and was like, you know what the problem is? It's not the who's in charge and whether we fight over it. It's these old one guys not helping us. What a bunch of arseholes. <laughs> and just turned the entire Necron to your race against the old ones so that they have like a unified enemy or unifying mm-hmm. force to fight against to keep them all on the same page. Mm-hmm. So the Necrontier used other crazy technology and started a war against the old ones all across the galaxy. The old ones, with all their crazy warp tech and magic and stuff, basically kicked the Necrontier's ass. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so, like, a huge part of military stuff is, like, tactical advantage comes from location, like having the high ground and stuff like that. When it comes to space, it's like, can I flank your entire army by teleporting my entire army right behind you in the space of about two seconds? You're like, yeah, the old ones could. <laughs> they, they can surround you in no time using their crazy warp nonsense. <laughs> I call hacks. Exactly. They were basically just cheating. <laughs> but that was a pretty severe advantage that the, the Necron here just had no way to combat. So yeah. they got their asses kicked. 
and they were basically pushed back to their own crappy solar system and some remaining rim worlds on like the edge of the galaxy and stuff till they were basically mm-hmm. nothing more than a minor nuisance they were no longer a threat at this point they were heavily destroyed yeah yeah so the necron tier went back to living their crappy lives under their crappy sun that irradiate and their crappy sh- bodies <laughs> Yeah, with a short lifespan, and yeah, it's just... Yeah, just back to square one, basically. But now you're really angry at the same time. (laughs) Thanks, I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, So, at some point in their time stuck back on their own star, the Necron tier, obviously, because their star was so crappy and so irradiated stuff, they spent a lot of time studying stars because they were trying to figure out what was going on with it and stuff like that, see if there was any way that they could use technology to subvert its nonsense or anything like that. And at some point, they noticed something feeding on the star's energy. Right? And yeah. it is unknown how they managed to contact these cre- or this creature, but they did. <laughs> They contacted this creature and were able to communicate with it in some weird way. Mm-hmm. And they were, they realized these creatures had no physical form. They were only creatures of the immaterial. So they only existed in the same sense the warp does. But they were okay. within the material world. But they were just beings of like pure energy that fed on the energy of stars because they mm-hmm. need energy. Um, so... They built a body out of some of their technology called living metal or necrodermis. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, nanite technology in movies, like Transformers and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. that. It's like, you know, the new Terminator films, the ones that can just rebuild themselves and stuff. Mm. It's like that stuff. Right? It's like that kind oh, that, of that, that, that stuff that, uh, that Tony Stark uses in, uh, in Iron Man. Basically. Yes, like that, right? That's right. the kind in of the thing that, that yeah. the, the Necron use, right? It's called living metal nowadays or they called it necrodermis um Mm -hmm. they used to build their ships and stuff actually it's an incredible metal it can do any manner of crazy stuff but they built this weird ethereal creature a body out of it or they built a bunch of the bodies out of it actually um and then the the weird ethereal beings came into the bodies and now had a physical form so okay so like an exoskeleton an exosuit in some essentially yeah and these creatures are called Catan, or in the translation is Star Gods. And okay. An interesting detail about them is that the first guy that came across, uh, I believe he was referred to as the Messenger among his pe- or among the Necron tier. His actual name among the Catan is the Deceiver. Oh. He's a friendly guy, isn't he? <laughs> the backstabber, huh? Basically, yeah, the bastard. <laughs> So, uh, the Catan are, in every sense of the term, absolute masters of the physical universe, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Being that they are beings of pure energy and are kind of just above everything in the physical realm. They came up with this plan, right? Because the Necron tier were like, ah, you guys are star gods, you live forever, can you make us immortal? And the Deceiver was like, yes, I can. Yes. No problem. But you're damn right I can. I got this idea, right? It's called biotransference. What we need is a big-ass furnace. Okay. So the Necron here <laughs> built these, just tons of these big-ass furnaces, right? The idea was, or what they were told was, they would go into these furnaces and it would transplant their consciousness into a living metal body like the Catan were in. And then they would live forever because their body wouldn't deteriorate anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Sounds great on the surface, all of it. And I want to express, not everyone in the Necron tier was okay with this, but because they, so they were kind of unified in a way, they had enough like people on board to force those that weren't on board into the furnaces. Okay. <laughs> so they did this. Basically, the entire Necron tier race was gradually turned into living metal bodies. Right? Yeah. And the higher up in the hierarchy of the Necron tier you were, the better of a body you got. So guys like the Silent King and the Triarch and all the leaders of the different dynasties and stuff all had these incredible bodies that could do all this crazy stuff and were much more resilient and all these other details. Um, and then, like, the general commoners just had, like, about as basic as could be bodies. But, like, it was still a body and it's still going to live forever. Yeah. The one, or there's a couple of details with this that are kind of unfortunate. So, in the process, because they are essentially robots in a way, or the bodies are at least, uh, mm. they were impli- or they were imprinted with command codes to control the entire race at the same time. So the Silent okay. King had the ability to just be like, okay, everyone, stand to attention. And then the entire race everywhere just stands to attention. Like, all right, go kill these guys. Every member of the race will converge. That's the what? What is what is that called? I oh, it has uh, like when it's one like one entity. Oh, like a hive controls... mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, That's what. It's what I, not I think quite what I the same thing, but it's it works out effectively as being six and a half a dozen. Yeah, um, they aren't sharing the same consciousness. Every one of them still had their own consciousness to some degree. The better the body is, and the higher up in the hierarchy you are, the more you retained your consciousness. So like Sarzek mm-hmm. and stuff like that, Silent King and all the higher-ups, they're all exactly the same person, just in a robot body. Some of the commoners, they did a pretty shoddy job with, and they're basically just like like robots, basically. <laughs> just kind of do what they're told and move on. Um, Unlucky mates. <laughs> yeah, I, basically, if you were poor, you're you're screwed. Just like real life. Huh? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> the allegory, I love it. Uh, so they, they had these command codes installed, which is unfortunate. But also, they noticed something weird, and it was more than that they had. They were now immortal, and they didn't age, and they weren't able to get sick, and they didn't feel pain. They also mm-hmm. felt hollow. 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 And like something was missing from them. And they uh-huh. gradually realized that their souls were missing. <laughs> and it's because when they furnished their bodies... The Catan were just standing there gobbling up the souls as they were leaving their bodies. Because <laughs> they realized that stars were delicious, but there was tastier things in the physical realm now that they had access to it properly because they had bodies. <laughs> so the Catan, having eaten the bo- or the souls of all of the uh, Necron tier race, were now massively more powerful they they were they went from like being starved and surviving on stars to being fat as all hell and swole as anything on necron tier <laughs> souls uh so that's that's unfortunate <laughs> those backstabbers exactly but <laughs> they had technically done what they were asked to they had made them immortal so the necron yeah. kind of hated the Catan now that they realized what they had done but mm-hmm. They still wanted to F over the old ones. So with the uh, Necron tier now as the Necron, because they changed their name because they were just robots now, um, mm-hmm. and the Catan at their sides, they took the fight back to the old ones. Yeah. And they were kicking ass. 
because the Catan were impervious to all the warp magic that the old ones used because they're masters of the physical universe. They are yeah. totally untouchable by it. So the old one's main weapon no longer worked against them. So it was like well, well. before when like the Necron tier would have been marching forward and getting shot down by lightning bolts and blasts of energy. These guys are just swatting through like it's a light breeze. Yeah. Just cracking skulls like front and center. Plus, all of them had their own crazy weird powers that they controlled over the over the material world. Mm-hmm. So they were an absolute force to be reckoned with, even if they weren't impervious to the old ones' nonsense. Now that they had this, like the the tide had turned basically, and the old ones got pushed back heavily, they got totally just like decimated. Uh, like stars were being extinguished, our systems were being destroyed, and the old ones were basically pushed to the point they had to hide in the webway. Because the, okay. the Necron tier, uh, sorry, the Necron and the Catan didn't really know how that worked, or that it worked, I guess. So they didn't like they were able to hide in there for a fair bit of time without being hassled. And it's still at a point where the warp is safe, right? Yes, uh, the warp's still basically perfectly calm at this point, or fairly so. All the old ones dying in combat and everything, and in panic and fear and everything, is starting to have a bit of an effect. But like. It's still a lot calmer than anything we've talked about in the past. Like, yeah. It's a pretty chill place at this point. It's just getting a little bit like wavy. Nothing major. So the old ones came up with a plan, right? They needed they needed an advantage in the situation. They needed reinforcements, right? Mm-hmm. But there was no one else in the universe that was able to help them. So they started seeding new races on some planets so that centuries down the line, when they were advanced enough to help, they could join the fight on the old one's side and fight back against the Catan and the Necron tier. Mm-hmm. So they went to a few planets and they, they kind of introduced some genetic alteration in some beginning species or added them into the ecosystem and stuff like that so that they could start growing. And then they went back to hiding in the webway for millennia so that these races had time to grow. Some of the races they started were like the Eldar were one of the ones that they started at this point. There is an alien race called the Rashan, which I don't really know much about. I've not looked into them, but they seeded them as well. And they seeded these little tree beasts, as they're called, quote unquote. Um, okay. The little tree beasts one day would become mankind because they were monkeys. <laughs> okay. Just, just so you know. So us and the Eldar both come from the same, uh, the same original source, which is interesting. Uh, But this is one of the reasons that a lot of races are naturally very in tune with the warp compared to others. So humanity has a big effect on the warp. The Eldar have a much stronger effect on the warp. But it's because Mm -hmm. we're all seeded by the same race that we're masters of the warp. And we're able to instill that in us from a very early genetic stage. Yeah. Yeah. So they started all this off. And then millennia later, when some of these races are finally useful, uh, the the Eldar were basically the main one. They were like, right, these guys are ready to roll, let's get them. So they went back to the Eldar, and the, well, what was called the God War started, and it was the Necron with the Catan fighting the old ones with their successor races. At this point, humanity is still little tree beasts, by the way. Humanity is still monkeys. We are nothing at this point. We are nowhere. <laughs> We haven't even discovered fire. Exactly. Like that. We, we aren't even kind of close to humans at this point. Uh, no. <laughs> but, the so they had like the Eldar at their side and stuff like that to fight alongside them, right? 
The mm. Eldar had started messing around with the warp when they went back to them, right? But in ways that the old ones hadn't really even thought about or even, like, imagined doing. They were doing new stuff with it. So the old ones went back to Eldar, found this out, and were like, right, we're going to teach you some tricks here. And they taught them a lot of what they knew about the warp, advancing mm-hmm. the Eldar millennia forward with their warp technology and their abilities. And they encouraged them to keep doing what they were doing, experimenting in new ways and stuff like that, supporting them a bit. So it made them a pretty dangerous fighting force. Mm-hmm. At this point, when all the old ones gather up their troops and everything like that to help fight alongside them, mm-hmm. uh, there are only four Catans still going around. Because it's, it's been millennia since the Catan basically thought they wiped out the, the old ones. When they put yeah. them back to the webway, they thought they were... Or a lot of them were like, oh, we've done it, we've nailed them. So yeah, by, they're, they're done. They're going extinct now. That's it. That, that was kind of the way it went. So by this point, there's only four Catans still roaming around that anyone knows about or can remember. Again, mm-hmm. a lot of this, or this entire period is basically undocumented. So there could have been more and it's just not very well mentioned or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but the fact is they got complacent with the situation. and That's exactly you know, it, yes. So they yeah. were not in any way prepared for the old ones to come back, especially not with better reinforcements. So, nope. <laughs> with the help of the uh, Eldar and the other successor races that they were able to bring along, they were kicking some ass against the old, or against the Catan and the Necron. Necrons. Yeah, yeah, they were kicking some serious ass. Uh, around the same time, a Catan that is referred to as the Void Dragon, again, he has some crazy name, but that's just what we call him. Uh, mm-hmm. He started a project called the Great Warding because... Now, well, their crazy advanced warp stuff, they were actually becoming a threat again because they didn't have the Catan to just be like, nope, no warp. So they were actually doing damage to the Necron and stuff like that and mm-hmm. whittling down their forces and stuff. They were actually a threat again without the sheer numbers of the Catan within the Necron forces, or leading it at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were actually losing again. So this guy, the Void Dragon, starts this thing called the Great Warding. The idea was they were going to use technology to isolate the warp from the physical realm permanently and entirely. So they started building these big weird black stone pylons. Um, I think they were made from, you know, uh, I mentioned in the Eldar episode, the spaceships they made out of that weird material that like the Void couldn't really touch. It, it does bring a bill, yeah. Yeah, I believe it was made out of either the same or similar material. I don't know for a fact. But the idea was it was it was a material that messed with the warp. But there was a mm. huge amount of technology that went with it. The idea was along the lines of if we blanket the universe in these pylons that put out this signal that disrupts the warp and activate them all, the warp won't be able to get to us. And it'll isolate it permanently, turning off all the old ones and Eldar's powers. So they would just be a normal couple of alien races versus on. Yeah basically unstoppable army of robots. Like, mm-hmm. like it guarantees a victory for the Necron. So he started working on that. And at the same time, the Necron and Catan side of the forces had an idea to introduce a genetic strain into the quote-unquote little tree beasts called the Pariah Gene. That in, I think it's around the year 30,000 it, it starts to activate or somewhere around there. Uh, do you remember in the first episode I talked about the humans that don't have souls that mess with the warp around them? Make people feel really yeah. uncomfortable. It's that. It's a genetic strain 
added into us that long ago by these guys who were like, we need to do anything we can to mess with the warp. Let's get the, these creatures that are at some point going to be within their army to mess with their powers. Uh-huh. That was their logic. But it took that long, and the war didn't last that long, that it never became, it never became an issue. But it's mm. now surfacing in current Warhammer. Uh, so it's, you know, it's around. <laughs> so you can still see, like, the footprints of this, even after all this time, after millennia. Yeah. With all the new crazy warp powers being used, and all the new crazy strong warp users going around, it started to make the warp pretty messy for the first time. Mm-hmm. Which, as you as you know, goes badly every single time that happens. <laughs> yeah, but it's chaos. It's chaos, yeah. Uh, but I believe this essentially predates the Chaos Gods. But this was like the first iteration of chaos. Because all the warp fuckery that was going on because of the Eldar throwing around the crazy magic and the old ones and everyone dying and everything... It coalesced the energy in the warp into predatory creatures for the first time ever. It's called the Enslaver Plague. So there were it's... there were little warp monsters that gradually broke into the webways and started attacking people, but they also broke into the physical realm as well and started attacking the the side of good, I guess, the, the old ones. They were attacking those guys. They're called the Enslavers because they had the ability to mind control people and make them fight their own people. So just randomly, this little alien would just grab someone, the next thing they're turning on their own guys. Yeah. So that was a problem. So now the old ones are getting attacked from basically every possible side, and their safe havens are now dangerous as well. Yeah. So again, they were in a real tight spot, backs against the wall, so they turned back to their old tricks and went, let's seed some new races, they'll help. <laughs> so this old faithful yeah exactly so this time Could reliable <laughs> this time the uh I, I believe there was a bunch of them that they seeded every time but this mm-hmm. time there's a couple of notable ones like the first one was like the eldar and the little tree beast and the rashan this one it's the jokero and the cork so the jokero i believe are like currently still space monkeys and they are technological masters Right, okay. like these guys can build basically anything, things you can't even imagine, but also they can't imagine it. <laughs> right? How does that make sense? They are barely a sentient race, but they can like copy any piece of technology just innately and build stuff that like they didn't even know how to build. They just do it. It's really weird. What? I'm I need to look into them more. I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but from what I know about them, like say for example. There's, like, the Imperium now, like, so humanity as we are now have a bunch of these guys that build technology for us, because they just build stuff. Give them parts. They'll make they'll make a weapon out of it. No matter what you mm. give them. It's like MacGyver. Use a paper clip, <laughs> a straw, and a rubber band. <laughs> they give you back an assault rifle. I need some Silas ring, a lighter, a couple of fur pennies, and a bottle of milk. <laughs> they just come out with, a, like, an OP flamethrower. Yeah, that's, that's what these guys are like. <laughs> Like, what the hell? Yeah. So, like, it's not unheard of for someone that wants that technology to capture one of these guys to be like, all right, make me not. some crazy Imperium guns. Yeah. The problem is, cool. they're not smart enough to understand being, like, a hostage. <laughs> so oh, they're not going to be like, I'm afraid for my life. I'll do as he says. Their mind goes to, okay, I need to make something. And all they will make is a way to escape. <laughs> 
<laughs> you give them all the parts to build like an imperial, like, I don't know, some kind of gun. They'll build a grenade to blow your hands off and run past you with your keys. And they won't That's even amazing. know that, like, they won't even realize that they had thought about it. It just, they just no. do it. They're great. They're just oh, an incredibly quirky race. But the, I like that. the other race they made at this point was the Crock, which is a predecessor race to the Orcs. So, like, uh -huh. an Orc nowadays stands about the same height as Rav a human, right? They, they're all hunched over and stuff, but, like, so they're actually bigger, and they're also like built like a tank. But they aren't that big. These guys were, like, double that size. They, it was like fighting a monstrous ogre or something like that. These guys were gigantic. They were tanks. They were almost impossible to put down because they were just mm -hmm. fortitude in a monstrous form. So they built these two races. The Krork to act as like a vanguard force to like take the brunt of the enemy fire and to just throw the Necron around and stuff like that. Like our guns might not put them down, but that giant green monster putting them in a <laughs> hole will. Like doesn't matter if they can like, if they can just shoot us and kill us. If this guy can throw them to the back of their army, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like we just get the big guys to go at the front and hit them with big things. Uh, and the Drukero were there to like help them with technology and stuff. So they always had weapons and everything. They weren't worried about ammunition or that. Like they had the Drukero to just throw it out constantly. So these two races were made for very specific purposes, and. The problem was, it was way too late in the game to make these guys. If they had made these guys back the first time when they were seeing raises, they would have been golden. Necron, mm -hmm. when they fought them the second time, were so heavily, like, off guard, and they didn't have a katana to help them properly or anything like that. With a, with a Krok and the Jokero there, they would have been golden. But unfortunately, they waited too late in the game and realized they had to think physical rather than magical. So, the Necron stuff still won, basically. <laughs> It was just, there was too many wars being fought at the same time. They were being attacked from the front by the Necron and the back from the Enslavers. They just didn't have anywhere to, like, regroup and recuperate at all. No. And it got way too far. It was just too much for them. And the old ones were left scattered and destroyed, for lack of a better term. Now there is basically no surviving member of them, other than some vague... Um, rumors and theories and stuff uh like the emperor of mankind no one knows where he came from there are a bunch of stories one gimmick that people like to think of is that he's a he's a surviving old one and just hiding yeah he, he just decided he was doing it with the three people that he made <laughs> uh, but there's a bunch of other stories about where he came from so no one's really sure we're probably never gonna get an answer to it it's probably more fun to theorize i guess yeah. 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 So in these wars that led up to basically the destruction of the old ones entirely, the Catan had used so much energy from fighting that they were left really weak. And the Silent King, uh, Sazek? I don't know. I wrote his name down. I realized that I was saying it wrong this entire time. Anyway, the Silent <laughs> King realized this was their chance. They can get revenge on the Catan for stealing their souls. Because they, they regretted being Necron now, because they were soulless weirdos. Mm -hmm. uh, and he he was, like, the first person to jump on the idea and encouraged it heavily. So he felt really, really bad about it and felt that it was, like, essentially his fault that all of his people were, were robots now. So he was like, right, this is it. They're weak from the fight. Let's take them down. And they managed to actually 
they defeated them. They managed to actually kill a few of them. And there is a really weird thing. Sometimes there are creatures that it doesn't make sense to be able to kill. And when they are quote unquote killed, they actually shatter into like shards. Uh, remember the Eldar one, their god that was defeated by Slaanesh that turned it into the shards that it possessed the statues. Yes. Same gimmick with the Catan. When they're defeated or destroyed, they actually shatter into shards. So they do still exist, but they're not in their original form and they're nowhere near as powerful or have any, like, they have some of their abilities, but, like, it's more you can utilize their abilities using the shard than that they can do anything with it as, as a shard. Yeah. Um, so there's a few forms that they still exist in. You see the shards on some of the characters. I believe if you ever look up uh, the Silent King's model for the game, his miniature, he has a big throne thing that he floats on, and he has one of the shards with him, and it's a bound shard, and he can use his powers in combat. For example, there's one of them that was killed called uh, Landu Gar, I believe is how you pronounce his name. I actually wrote down his real name for some reason. He was called the Flayer. <laughs> the what? The Flayer. The Flayer? Yeah, do you know what flaying is? No. Flaying was a form of medieval torture where you would basically peel someone's skin off of them while they were Ah, fighting. okay, no, 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 no. I'll get the gist of yeah, it. Yeah, pretty bang just, it. But he yeah. was called the Flayer for some Obviously, Blah. when you got names like that, uh, really, like, the Void Dragon just sounds vaguely ominous. The Flayer. Like, why did we team up with these guys? <laughs> but it was the Flayer. He was one of the ones that was actually destroyed. But when he was destroyed, he, he like, his last breath, his last thing that he did was to curse the Necrons with a thing called the Flare virus that infects their their like living metal. And Bruh. the ones that are infected with it, it like corrupts their mind and they feel the need to like strip the flesh off of their enemies and wear it. Ugh. But it does a lot of other real stuff. They eventually turn on their own guys and all this crazy stuff. So like if one of them turn oh it's also infectious. It spreads from one Necron to another if you're near them. Fantastic. Yeah, so people, the Necron, when one of these guys turns up, they tend to try and avoid him, but, like, they're pretty feral in combat, so, like, alright, you can stay for the fight, but once the fight's over, we're running. <laughs> uh, so there was a lot of bad stuff came out of that. So most of the surviving Catan, up until this point, were shattered and imprisoned in these big, I think they're called Tesseract Mazes, or Tesseract Labyrinths. It's like, a maze made in like miniature form inside a tiny box that they like trapped them inside, so they're just stuck in this maze forever. Fun times. Uh, no, but yeah. Well, they're evil, so screw them. Yeah, yeah. Well, screw those. Guys. Exactly. The the kind of the last detail of this whole thing is that being that the Necrons saw the universe as it was now. The Catan were gone. The old ones were gone. The successor races were beaten pretty heavily back to being no more than just a minor alien race at this point. Anyone had been involved anyway, because they were nigh on unstoppable, because they were immortal and didn't take damage and stuff, or were almost unharmable, because they were made of metal. So, mm -hmm. it left them basically as the ruling power in the galaxy. But the problem was, the galaxy was basically in flames. Like, it wasn't worth ruling. <laughs> it was destroyed, and all they could see around them was the destruction caused by their own hubris, their own like, in vain desire to be immortal led to the yeah. whole galaxy feeling its wrath. So they built tomb worlds. So they basically hollowed out a bunch of planets and filled them with, like, uh, you know, like, cryogenic stasis, the pause that frees you? No. Oh, 
there, there's a there's a concept in a lot of science fiction, but also some people think you can do it in real life, where they like freeze your body and then just like thaw you out, God knows how long in the future, and it's like a form of time travel, I guess, because you're the same age oh, as you were. Yeah, yeah, that's how these guys used to travel across the galaxy, actually, because they still had the crappy ships that flew really slowly, so they would just mm-hmm. like go on the ship, set it on a course, and then just go to sleep for a few hundred years or whatever in a little yeah. cryopod. I mean, there have been many movies about that. Actually. Yeah, there have been yeah. loads. Yes. And yeah, and also a fish. I saw a fish getting frozen down and then brought back to life later. Oh, that's cool. That's besides the point. I can show you later. But yeah, oh, yeah. please do. That sounds Go interesting. On. But uh, yeah, so they hollowed out planets and filled them with these giant like storage systems uh, full of cryopods. And they did it all over the galaxy. And then basically the entire Necron race went into cryosleep for like 60 million years. Uh, That's a long time. It is. Uh, so they're only like just starting to wake up now, but also sometimes races accidentally wake them up. Yeah. Because like you don't know that you're on a Necron tomb world, it's just a planet. And then accidentally you go into some weird cave and suddenly there's an army of robot skeletons charging at you. So, you know. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of issues that comes with it though. Like sometimes the systems are damaged with time and some people woke up early or some people didn't wake up at all and can't be woken mm-hmm. up because we're damaged. Or sometimes they didn't freeze properly because of whatever happening and it led to like mental deterioration. So some of them have like dementia basically and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rough for them to be honest with you. Uh, this also happens in the movies by the way. It does, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so the thing is, the Silent King didn't go to sleep as a form of retribution for what he did he decided he was going to be awake the entire time that his race were asleep so that he could like stand vanguard over the galaxy in that time as a form of repentance for what he did so he's he's been roaming around the entire time i believe that there's i need to look at it properly i believe there's some gimmick about him basically trying to travel a different universe or sorry a different uh, galaxy but obviously crappy ships and it takes that long to travel that anyway that he never actually made it it just came back at some point <laughs> like halfway yeah. there was like i'll sack this just turn back <laughs> um and as another point of like retribution towards his people he destroyed the command codes this is a problem in a way <laughs> because now like the galaxy is worth ruling now right they, they still feel that they should rule the galaxy that's why they went to sleep for like a set period of time. But mm-hmm. so they were like, we'll wait until the galaxy has a chance to regrow what it was, and then we'll come back. Because at the moment, we're just surrounded by the bad we did. And that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like they're kind of woosing out to me. I feel like they probably should help fix it, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> to each their own, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm not cleaning up this mess. That's basically what they did, but I mean, they felt bad about it, so I guess that makes it okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it though. No, yeah. not at all. But uh, <laughs> there, there's something about um, when he came back. I believe he came back. Now I don't know if this is true. This is a fact or not. I believe the reason the Silent King came back is because the Tyranids turned up, mm-hmm. and I think the idea was he thought he realized they were basically as much of a threat as the Necron were. But if the Necron were asleep, they were guaranteed to lose that fight. So he came back to start waking people up because the universe has fallen apart and shit's going down and we need to start doing something about it now or we're not going to have the chance. We wake up yeah. one world at a time. We ain't winning this fight. 
<laughs> but if he had came back and had the command codes, he could just hit the wake up button. But he doesn't have that, so he has to go world to world waking everyone up. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, idiot aliens and stuff keep waking up random two worlds randomly. So, like, that's a benefit, I guess. But there's still, like, billions upon billions of sleeping Necron all across the universe. <laughs> or all across the galaxy, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that is the war in heaven. That is the story of where the Eldar came from, where we came from, where the orcs came from, which is why I watched mm-hmm. this Orc episode, by the way. Uh, and it's also how the Necron tier became the Necron and why they're all asleep in Tomb Worlds. So that is a story that is so far back, but it fills in so many gaps in what is currently going on. Yeah. It was interesting. I like this one. It's a good one. I, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I took a lot of interest to the Elders as well. I feel like they sound like... They're pretty cool, cool guys. Bows. Except for the ones that turn people into furniture, but, you know. Yeah, except for that, but, like, was it the... Who was it that, like, was hiding uh, now? One of the remainders of the others. Hiding? What? What do you mean? I mean, you, you said that they almost got annihilated, but there was, like, an, like a small amount of them left. Oh, no, the old ones were, were, as far as we're aware, totally wiped out or died off in some way or another. Uh, oh, so that was the kind of the mystery you were talking about, but it's not factual. Yeah, so that's the part where I was like, there are some rumors about it. So uh, uh, to give you an extra detail about the Necron, there is one of the Necron lords, I believe, a guy called Trazen the Infinite, who is one of my favorite characters. He has a big-ass uh, vault that he likes to hide things in. <laughs> He's just, okay. he, he collects stuff, right? Things of historical importance and stuff like that. Relics. The collector. The collector, exactly. And uh, there is a rumor that he has an old one in his vault. What? <laughs> yeah, he just claimed it. <laughs> uh, he claims a lot of weird. He's got just people in his vault, just locked in little like chambers and stuff. But he's also got like yeah. weapons and magical artifacts and crazy technology and just random pieces of history just locked in a vault somewhere. I feel like I feel like uh, the the Warhammer stories and stuff like that references a lot uh, get referenced a lot in like Marvel movies because like right now I can't think of anything else than the collector in the Marvel movies. That's a fair point, right, actually. So... It's a very similar concept, although the yeah. collector does seem to buy some of his stuff. Trazer doesn't do that; he just turns up and takes it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a there's an official list of the things he has in his vault. Oh God. <laughs> I feel like we're going to come into the collector more in the future episode. Oh, yeah. Why do I f- There's a whole just, book about yeah. this guy, and it's great. Oh, God. I'm going to read I, it for I, that. I, we will do an episode about Trazen the Infinite just for you, because he is hilarious. Oh, um, when we do that, I will find the proper list. There's also a list on 4chan of like meme answers to what he has in his vault, which are oh, very God, funny. No. But we'll have to do it down the line a bit so that like the, the memes land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so I don't stand there yeah. like. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's a lot of weird Necron going around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So as it stands, I believe we're now in a position to start looking at some stuff that's a bit more recent, which is good, because you have no knowledge of what is currently going on in Warhammer 40k. You're still no. learning crazy old backstory stuff. Uh-huh. So next, we're going to fill in a big section of what's going... Or not what's going on currently, but like... Fill out a lot of, a lot of stuff you're going to need to know. Because most people that get into this, get into it by looking at the miniatures first or something like that. They have an idea of the game and that piques their interest. 
and then they find out about the lore or they play one of the video games or something like that and kind of the main character in most of it are space marines the human super soldiers mm -hmm. and that means that they go into it having an idea about these guys because they're like the main guys but you don't have that so we're gonna have to do an episode telling you about space marines next i think Ooh, i'm down i'm ready i'm glad would you like to sign off yeah sure thank you guys for for listening and uh, tune in next week for yet another episode of warhammer 40k by the imperial iterators of the imperium <laughs> nice try this guys you guys ah, next time <laughs> peace